Sometimes the most helpful tips are actually the unintuitive ones. So today we're going to talk about an unintuitive tip that I have for you, and that is why you should try fasting from other music, why you should try not listening to other music. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. As always, I am your host, Joseph Vidala. Today, we're talking about why I want to challenge you to try fasting from other music. I want you to try not listening to other music for just a certain amount of time. And maybe you don't really need to do this right now, but if you are ever in a situation where you find yourself feeling creatively dry and maybe you've tried some of the other myriad of tips that I've given over the past several years of podcasts now. Uh, well, I don't know if you can call like two and a half years, several. I feel like several starts at like four, right? Because a couple is two, a few is three. So, so, so I think contractually obligated to be at four plus years to say several right? Maybe, maybe five, even, even four feels like you're pushing it. Anyway, not important, but, uh, specifically, this is something that's going to help you if you are feeling either creatively dry or you're sort of in that, that, that point where you feel like some of your songs just sound a little too much like some of your favorite artists or some of the artists that you've been listening to, uh, which is not necessarily a problem, but it certainly can be a problem. Um, so if you want to get out of that rut as well, this is also going to help you. This is sort of based on something that I had to do in college when I was going through a rut, which we're going to touch on in the first point that we talk about here as to why it is I encourage you to do this. But before doing that, if you want something else to help upgrade your songwriting, be sure to check out my free guide on 10 different ways to start writing a song. This is meant to be helpful whether you are just starting with songwriting and you're literally starting as a songwriter in general, and it will also help you start songs as a new songwriter. Uh, but it's also meant to help get you out of your creative box. As you know, if you've been a listener, I'm a huge believer in sort of attacking things from different angles, and that's sometimes how you break through and how you uh, sort of break out of that creative box that we can, we all tend to sort of put ourselves into accidentally. We don't want to do that. We want songwriting to be exploratory. We want to try different things, and that's okay if they don't work. Um, but um, there's not anti having a sound, right? I'm very pro having a sound. I'm just saying that we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't be that artist that two, three albums down the line or two, three EPs worth of songs down the line. People are like, yeah, but I like I don't even remember one song over the other because they're all just kind of the same. We want to avoid that. Uh, so it will help with that as well. So check that out at songwritertheory.com slash free guide if you are interested. If not, let's talk about fasting from other music. So number one reason why you should try fasting from other music is that it really helps to avoid copying other songs. And I was having a lot of trouble with this actually at, at some point early in college, I was going through a phase where for whatever reason, what I was writing, um, 
almost felt like copies of other songs. And and this is so sort of the first phase of songwriting, especially if you're younger. Um, so I, I know I know that there's somebody as young as 12 who listens to this podcast. Maybe they're 13 by now. Um, but so so if you're on the younger side, uh, it's just going to be harder for you to write something truly original that doesn't sound like it's sort of um, very much based on something else that's already written. And, you know, if you're already past that and you already are writing things that are just totally your own. Awesome. Right. You're crushing it. Go you. Um, but if you are somebody who's, who's very young or very new to songwriting, um, it's, it's, it might be sort of a rite of passage is, is, is sort of the phase where your songs sound a little too like something that already exists, like some of your favorite stuff. Um, but we should decently quickly move past that, especially those of us who are, are older than, you know, 12 or 10 or something like that. Really, by the time you're high school age, especially, we should be moving past that. And um, but there are times where you might be listening to a lot of music, you're really into this new artist or something where we might fall back into the trap of just it, 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 it just feels like everything we write is like, ah, I just feel like right now I'm poor man's, you know, insert whatever artist. Right. So maybe right now you feel like poor man's John Mayer or something or you feel like. You know, you know, poor man's Ingrid Michelson, or or is that how you say her name? Michelson, I think so. Michelson. Now I'm questioning it, but anyway, which if you don't know who she, she's, she's pretty good. Check her out. But um, regardless, a great way to sort of get out of that rut is to just stop listening to other music for like a week, two weeks, three weeks, maybe even a month. It allows you to clear your brain a bit from the songs that are sort of perpetually swimming in your head. So it sort of helps clear the cue of, I don't know if you're the type of person that like, maybe you've had a song stuck in your head for like two weeks straight and you just constantly find yourself humming it randomly and you're like, dang it, there it is again, right? Uh, If you're in a scenario like that, a great way to sort of clear the cue, if you will, clear the cache of the, the songs that you're storing in your head um, a good way to do that is just stop listening to other songs for a bit. And look, I know you're thinking to yourself, Joseph, I, like I'm literally a songwriter. You don't usually choose to become a songwriter. Or you don't usually choose to start writing songs if you don't love music. How can you ask me to stop listening to music? Look, it's only a certain amount of time. Right. And the reason I use the word fasting specifically is fasting. The point of fasting is a sacrifice. Right. It's not supposed to be easy. But it might be helpful. And specifically, if you're dealing with feeling a little unoriginal right now or a little like you're copying too much. This is something that worked for me. When I went through this phase, this worked incredibly for me. And to the point that I I really haven't dealt with it since. But honestly, it sort of taught me that I, I just listen to less music than I used to. Um, and that may sound weird, but like for the most part, most of the music I listen to is like Star Wars lo-fi on repeat while I'm working. 
because it doesn't really distract me because it's lo-fi and lo-fi is not distract for whatever reason lo-fi and jazz are like the two things i don't find distracting i can't be one of those people that like listens to like the interstellar soundtrack or you know some other hans zimmer soundtrack or star wars soundtrack without getting because it's, it's too good that I, I just and, and that's not a diss on jazz, by the way. Let, let me just clear clear the air for a second. There's just something about jazz that like is this chill thing that I can kind of like let be in the background that gives me. I kind of hate the term good vibes. Kind of drives me crazy, but I don't know. That's what it gives me, I guess. Warm fuzzies, if you will. Uh, you're welcome for making it weird, because I know you were saying thank you, Joseph. That's what I needed today. To feel uncomfortable as I sit in my car listening to you talk about songwriting. But really, you're talking about warm fuzzies, whatever the heck that is. So, second thing. Besides avoiding copying other songs, it can help you avoid some destructive comparisons. Because sometimes another rut we can fall into is not that our songs sound like somebody else's songs. But it's easy to do some songwriting... Right. And you're excited about this new song. You're like, oh, I think this can really go somewhere. I think this is a song that I'm going to feel really good about. Um, and then you listen to some of your favorite songs and you're like, dang it, I'm never going to write something that good. Or I'm never going to write something quite like that. Which to the second one, I say good. Right. You don't want to write something exactly like whatever you're listening to. You want to write a new song. Right. Uh, but but to the first point. Right. Uh, so fearing it's not as good. One is, first of all, your half-written song is certainly not as good as the completed song that is one of your favorite songs, right? Of course you don't think it's as good. Um, and there's something to be said for, you know, that everybody, including very famous artists, right? That's a common, like, question that they get in interviews is, like, you know, what what song is out there that you wish you wrote, Right. And almost, you know, every artist usually is like, oh, there's this one song, right? That's just so great. And I wish I wrote it. Um, and, and they think they've never written something as good as that. What's funny to me is usually when my favorite artists answer that question, it's a song that I personally don't care for because the artist that I'm that's doing the interview is the one that I think, you know, there's six or seven of their songs that I think, oh, I wish I wrote that. Right. But I might not actually like the artist that they say that about. Which just sort of goes to show the that like, hey, like, don't don't even play this game, right? Don't don't compare yourself, um, because first of all, they're your favorite artists. You're incredibly biased, right? So, um, you know, so so they might be referencing some all time great band, right? Like, which I put very little stock in, frankly. I, I think that stuff is way overrated. It usually is just like the most popular bands of all time, which are not necessarily even good bands for that matter. But um, anyway, so like your average artist, right, will say something like Beatles song or whatever. I don't even care for the Beatles, honestly. So like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, back, back to the main point. Back to the main point. Um, destructive comparisons. You list listening to your favorite artists and the favorites, your favorite songs of your favorite artist and comparing it to yours is just bad. You don't want to do that. And it, it can be hard sometimes to not at least implicitly do that. 
right? So, sometimes, like, if, I, if I'm recording a song and I'm working on it, and then I, like, listen to the completed product of, like, 100 Years. I love the song 100 Years by Five for Fighting. It was my favorite song for, like, four years straight or something. Maybe not that long. At least a year. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. It's definitely on my list of, like, I wish I wrote that song. Um, fantastic, fantastic stuff. And... Um, you know, so, so of course I'm going to feel bad about the song I'm writing compared to one of my all time favorite top 10 all time songs for me personally, probably it's probably in there. I don't know. I haven't made one, but I assume it would make it. So you don't want the discourager or the critic in your brain to be constantly beating you and your ideas down. You want to explore freely you don't want to feel constantly judged, right? Like like the, the actions you would choose to take if you're on an island all by yourself versus the actions you would choose to take if you're on an island and you know there are cameras and people watching you are going to be significantly different, right? People act differently when they think people are watching. And in the same way, if you think your inner critic or discourager is watching and judging and they're like, you're never going to be as good as blah, blah, blah. That's not going to help you in your creative process. So a great way to avoid the destructive comparisons is to not listen to that music for a while. Just don't listen to it, right? When you finish writing your song or when you're working on your song, don't then put your headphones on and listen to some of your favorite songs only for you to feel discouraged or to feel like you want to give up on your song that might have really good potential just because it's not like some other song that you love, Right? Because it also should be noted, like, nobody's favorite music is their own music. I think that's the point I was going to, I was trying to get at before, before I went down the path. But, like, you know, so my favorite artist being Vertical Horizon, you know, I, I talk about, I, I love Matt Scannell is my spirit animal, is a joke I used to say. It's kind of a weird thing. But anyway, he's the lead singer, songwriter, lead guitarist. He, he basically is Vertical Horizon at this point. Um, but but he is awesome. I, I love his songwriting. I, I just everything Matt Scannell is all thumbs up for me. And, but his favorite band is Rush. I don't even like Rush. Like straight up, I just, I just it's it's not my thing. It's not my thing. Um. Meanwhile, the artist that I worship worships Rush. So in the same way, right? Like. Just just because you think your song is like, oh, it's not nearly as good as the artist that you worship, there might be somebody out there that thinks the artist you worship is a piece of garbage or they just don't like them, right? Uh, but your song, they think, is that song that, man, I wish I wrote that, right? So just don't do that destructive comparison. But if you're struggling with it, fast from other music. It's easier to not compare when it's not in your head, it's not swimming in your brain, you're not listening to it, you haven't listened to it in the last two days, three days, three weeks, three months, heck, why not, if you need it. Um, now again, to be clear, I don't think you need to do it for three months, but hey, if you do, or if you find that you actually are better at living without music uh, than you think, then go ahead. And also to be clear, you know, I mentioned lo-fi and stuff like that. I, I really don't think that like, music that's significantly outside of your genre or music that is sort of background music-esque 
right? If you're a jazz musician, listening to jazz is going to be a different experience than, than some of the rest of us, right? It's a sort of simple coffee, hot, coffee shop jazz in the background for me just is not going to be something that really affects my songwriting in any way. It's just, it, for me, it's sort of a pleasant background noise. Same with lo-fi, right? Like it's, it's just, it's not close enough to what I do. It just, it just doesn't, it's fine. Um, so you can still listen to that stuff, but also, Hey, listen to podcasts. You don't have to listen to just mine. There's plenty of good stuff out there, but the next point is that fasting from other music can help you find your sound in a more natural way, in a way that isn't just an equation of all the artists you like or all the artists that you are most digging at the time. So the, the, the really fundamental concept here is in the silence, with no outside influences or distractions, there's nothing left but you. So the tendency, and this, this is not necessarily a bad thing, by the way, not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes we write sort of towards the things that we're currently digging. And then also we obviously tend to write a little bit like the artists we like. Obviously there's nothing wrong with that, especially on its face. If we like certain music, it would make sense that the music we write would be like some of the music we like. Nothing wrong with that. But when finding your sound, it can be extra helpful. I've talked before about how it is very helpful to note the influences and be honest about what those influences are. But on the other side... It can also be helpful to step back a little bit and to really figure out, but what's intrinsically you? Because what's intrinsically you may or may not be attached to your favorite artists. Your favorite artists might all share a bunch of things you like, but there's something else you really like that none of your favorite artists do. really basic example here is none of the artists I like utilize organ, but I'm really digging utilizing organ as a part of my sound to sort of fill out the bass a little bit and to add some, I don't know, regalness to it sort of to add, it just adds a certain tone that I really, really like. And none of my favorite artists really use it. I guess you could argue I, re I really, I do really like Hans Zimmer and uh, obviously in Interstellar, he uses that extensively. But but really, as far as like artists that I like and that I would consider my quote-unquote influences, they do not use organ. And there's lots of different things that I do in my music that really isn't quite from any of the artists I really like. Now, there certainly are elements that I absolutely borrow from artists I really like. Um, so, for example, my guitar stylings and wall of guitar type stuff is very influenced by the way Vertical Horizon especially used to do guitars, also somewhat how they still do, depending on album, of course, and also influenced by how Breaking Benjamin does it. So, so there's certainly influences there. But at the end of the day, you want to find your sound, even agnostic of the artists you like. And there's no better way to do that than to not listen to other artists for a little while. Because there might be some things that you think are a part of what you want your sound to be, simply because you like it about an artist you like, 
But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's good to be a part of your sound. It might not fit you. It might not fit the skills you have. It might not fit overall with what you're trying to do musically. It might be something that you've just mindlessly done because your favorite artist does it, not because it actually is something that you like or want to do or that resonates uh, with, with the music you're trying to write. So overall, this, this one's a little... There's a fine line here because, again, I do think it's important to study the artists you like and figure out why and what parts of them you want to adopt into your sound. I do think that that's an important thing. But on the other side, I think it's also important at some point to take a couple steps back and really figure out who you are and not who you are in context of the artists you like, right? Like be able to explain who and what you are and your sound is and your voice is without saying, well, I have the guitars from this band and I have the piano from this band and blah, blah, blah. Like you should be able to, at the end of the day, describe what you are without necessarily thinking of exactly what artists certain things come from and really figure out what it is you love, to the point that you might not even recognize some parts of your sound in any of the artists you do like. So, last point here. Most creativity involves sitting in silence and clearing your mind. So, silence is an important thing. So, just even beyond this idea of fasting from music, just for a little bit, to help sort of recenter, if you will. Most creativity, at the end of the day is somebody sitting with no distractions. They don't have their phone up. They don't have social media up. Distraction-free thinking. Some of my most productive songwriting... I don't know why I said productive weird. It sounds like I said productive weird. But anyway, some of my most productive songwriting time is when I just literally pace in my basement. I'm not looking at my phone or anything. And I literally just sort of talk to myself and think through ideas. Sometimes it's not while I'm sitting in front of the computer, computer actively trying to write. You know, sometimes maybe just going outside, looking up at the stars and just thinking, just thinking. Don't we, we have this thing in this culture. We constantly want to fill our and, and I'm no different just to be clear. here. So I'm, I'm not talking at you here. I'm talking with you. It is so hard sometimes to be in silence. There's always another show to watch. There's always another podcast to listen to. There's always something productive to be doing. And there's also a bunch of non most things which are non-productive things to be doing. So clearing your mind and sitting in silence... Uh, first of all, it seems counterintuitive as a songwriter, right? Because you think literally what we do is sound, is music. But allowing your brain to just sort of drift naturally, instead of being guided by the music you're listening to or the conversations you're having or the movies you're watching or shows you're watching, because those will direct your mind to certain things, right? If you're constantly filling the silence with music that has lyrics that are that or even that doesn't have lyrics that are leading you to think of certain things right maybe it's the soundtrack of a movie so if you're listening to you know the dark knight soundtrack over and over again maybe you're just constantly thinking of the story of batman and the joker right and it's especially with with lyrics right if you're listening to a bunch of songs that are all like 
you know, hey, I'm in love, cutesy, and like, yay, love is nice and good, and I'm so excited because I love you, and blah, blah, blah. If you're listening to, like, a bunch of music like that, like, guess what you're going to be thinking about, right? And, and then what you're thinking about, what your mind's being filled with is sort of these preemptive ideas of stuff to write about. And again, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right? I, I talk all the time about getting inspiration from other things. I talk about how you know inspiration from shows and stuff can be very important. There's a show that inspired a song I really like that's going to be on the EP I'm finishing up. So I'm, I'm not by any means hating on that. I'm just saying that sometimes it can be really helpful and good for you to take a step back and listen to the silence. The sound of silence, eh? But not the song, even though it is fantastic. Um, but, but seriously, right? Like just be willing to sit in silence and think some of my favorite time is literally just sitting in silence and thinking. Sometimes I'm thinking about music. Sometimes I'm thinking about plot and characters in the book trilogy. I eventually want to write, um, but won't for now because, well, I'm very busy with this obviously. And you know, all the videos on the YouTube channel for Songwriter Theory, which little plug there. If you didn't know there's a YouTube channel, there is Songwriter Theory. Um, be sure to only subscribe if you're actually going to watch the videos, by the way, because it actually kind of hurts. Um, it, it, it hurts YouTubers if, if their subscribers don't watch their videos. So if you're not planning on watching videos, don't subscribe, I guess. Uh, but if you are interested in some shorter videos from me, um, some of them are they're probably on average about nine, ten minutes. Uh, I have a bunch of five-minute videos. I do have some that go up to, like, 20. Um, but anyway, if you're interested in more content, it is there. But be willing to sit in silence. Be willing to fast from other music. So recap helps you avoid copying other songs. It can help you avoid destruction, destructive comparisons with artists that you like or songs you like. Can help you find your sound in a more natural way and less of a sort of equation of like this part of this artist plus this minus this, um, and think of it more like just who you are, agnostic of other artists. Um, which again, both pers perspectives are helpful. And most creativity involves sitting in silence and clearing your mind. So do it sometimes. Don't be constantly um, consuming. Because if you're constantly consuming, it's it's really hard to wander creatively, which is sort of what you want to do sometimes, for sure. So if this was helpful to you and you are somebody who has not left a podcast review yet on iTunes, you can help me out a ton by leaving a review on iTunes, preferably a kind five-star review. If you feel like you can't give that type of review... Uh, shoot me an email, joseph at songwritertheory.com. Let me know how I can improve to earn five stars from you. If you haven't done this and you've been wondering how you can help, this is an easy two-minute way that you can help me out. Just go like search iTunes Songwriter Theory. It will bring you right to the page. You can leave a review. I don't think you even need to make any account or anything. And I know a lot of you don't listen on iTunes. That's okay. I don't listen on iTunes either. I'm not an Apple person. I have a Google Pixel. Um, so I listen on Google Podcasts. Uh, but iTunes for reviews is just uh, the most helpful. It's, it's sort of the gold standard still, uh, unfortunately, to for people like me who are not Apple people. Um, but it is what it is, which is not my favorite phrase, but I just used it, so 
I guess, boo to me. <laughs> so, thank you for listening. Hope this was helpful to you. Be sure to check out the uh, 10 different ways to start writing a song. If you haven't gotten it already, again, totally free. It's at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. I know it's shocking that something at songwritertheory.com slash free guide would actually be free. Like, you, like what? It's free? Who would have guessed? Um, yep. I know. That was a great story, right? I'm just trying to make this podcast wrap up as awkward as possible, apparently. So before I do too well at succeeding at that, thank you for listening. And I will either see you in a video very, very soon, or I'll talk to you next week on the podcast.